Welcome to Hindsight, Episode 3. I'm Rashani, joined by my homeboy, Brandon. And today, we are blessed to be joined by <laughs> the Illuminary, the co-host of Black Girl Missing, uh, Miss Ace Noir. Ace, how you doing today? I am doing well today. I'm really excited about this. Me too. <laughs> Me too. And the reason why we're so excited, well, before I go into it, Brandon, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. Always good to be back talking to you, talking about movies, especially this movie. And today we are talking about New Jack City. Um, I just want y'all to feel the excitement that we feel as we talk about this movie, um, because it's not going to last. this <laughs> up. <laughs> What you gonna do with me? Do things, do things, do things, bad things, but that. Do things, do things, do things, bad things, but that. Oh my darling, oh my So today, as you heard, we are talking New Jack City. Um, I think we all can admit that it is a absolute classic. Um, mm-hmm. It is one of the uh, most acclaimed movies that came out for Black artists in the 90s. Um, New Jack City is... <laughs> New Jack City... New Jack City is one of those movies where once you see it, you will never forget it. It is literally a black gangster movie through and through, a black gangster classic. New Jack City is about a crime lord who ascends the power and becomes megalomaniacal while a maverick police detective vows to stop him. Like, that is literally drilling it down to its finest points. Um, Now, what we usually talk about is how we felt when we first saw the movie as compared to when we watch it again as adults or, or later on in life. And we'll start with Ace. Ace, when you first saw New Jack City, how did you feel? Um, well, first of all, how old were you when you first saw New Jack City? And how did you feel? I, have, I feel like, well, I definitely didn't see it when it was first released. But I think the first time I saw it, I had to be like 15 or 16. And it was nothing but excitement because I first heard the soundtrack because I stole the CD from my older sister. And I was like, whatever movie goes along with this has to be fire. And I loved it when I first saw it. I look back now with these old 2020 eyes 
<laughs> and um, wow, wow, the quotables were uh, suspect, <laughs> uh, for, for lack of a better word, and uh, problematic is putting it lightly. <laughs> very lightly. Very, very lightly. Brandon, when you first saw it, how old were you and uh, how did you feel? Uh, I, I didn't see this movie, obviously. I was only like four when it came out or five. <laughs> um, but I saw it when I was in my teens. Um, so probably in the early 2000s. And um, I thought it was cool. And in 2020 eyes, uh, it's definitely problematic. But as a movie, it still holds up. And I think it did some things that... Um, that are interesting that you don't often see in films from that time or in that genre. Um, because, uh, first of all, this, this film was also very successful. Um, it had a budget of $8 million and it made $47 million at the time. So 1991, uh, that's really good for a black film. Um, but it, it made, uh, it, it, it didn't make, it made you think Nino Brown was cool, but it didn't make you it didn't make you, it didn't glorify him, right? They still put things throughout the film that um, made you not like him <laughs> that we'll get into during this. During this. Oh, but yes. In, 20, in 2020 eyes or 1991 eyes, people from both eras could watch their film and be like, yeah, this is like, he kind of dressed cool and he got a cool swag, but he's not a cool dude. Like, we don't fuck with him. And I like how um, sometimes we get these films where they glorify the gang violence and the drug dealing and make it seem like that's the cool thing to do to fuck up the community or whatever, like to get super respectability about it. But this film doesn't do that. It it makes him seem like a like a gregarious, like outgoing person, but it still like wraps it up with him being a sucker. When I first saw this movie, it was when it first came out because I'm old. Um, <laughs> I was eleven. So when I saw this movie, as well as the movie before this, which is, you know what, let me go ahead and say, honestly, this is episode four. Golly, we've been doing these quickly. When I saw the movie that came out before this, Boys in the Hood, um, both times I saw them at a movie theater that is no longer here. It's called the State Theater. And... Um, State Theater was the theater in the, in in my neck of the woods, which was Southside Sacramento. Um, the State Theater was right near the mall that was in our neck of the woods, which was uh, Florin Mall. Um, and the State Theater was the movie theater that was easily accessible to everybody by bus. Uh, a lot of theaters aren't accessible to people by bus. This theater was accessible to people who lived in our more rundown. Um, Buildings are more run-down apartments run by slumlords. It was accessible to people by car. It was accessible to people by walking. It was accessible. What that meant was when people saw New Jack City, you had to duck a lot. <laughs> um, because Bloods and Crips went to this movie and got excited at what was happening in the movie and decided, yeah, that's what I want to do. And just like in the old Western times here in my old West, they would clock, clock, clock at the screen in the middle of the theater. They point their gun in the air and just start glocking it in the air to like, yeah. And it's, and so, yes, 
<laughs> Whew, two movies, both Boys in the Hood and New Jack City. We were laying down in the seats. Um, oh my! There were also shootouts that happened uh, outside of the theater after the after the movie was over because both Bloods and Crips would come to see these movies and then go outside and fight because they didn't see each other in the dark, but they saw each other as soon as the lights came on and we were laying Lord. down again. Oh. Um, that theater got torn down. <laughs> <laughs> um, but one of the biggest memories I have from this movie is the everlasting soundtrack. Yes. Um, I, I do want to point out to anybody who's curious that the era of a soundtrack leading the movie or being the reason why you see a movie literally lived and died in the 90s. The 90s yes. were, was the decade of that soundtrack. And I, I truly do believe that. Um, Boomerang, New Jack City, Boys in the Hood all came out in 91, 90, 92. They all started this theme off. Um, and all the way through, it was like, yo, this soundtrack, like the, the next time after the 90s, like in the 2000s on, the next time you would see a movie that was led by the soundtrack or that you had to get the soundtrack, I would say, honestly, I wasn't even gonna say that. I was gonna say Black Panther. Oh, uh, yeah. Black Panther was the next time I could think of where you're just like every single song was like a banger, like Hustlin' Flow. Yeah, I'm sure my folks in the South would say Hustlin' Flow though, because I know folks in Memphis, my homeboy Corbin, shots out to him, who tell me now that they still play Hustlin' Flow's soundtrack at Memphis Grizzlies games, including yeah. Whip That Trick. So <laughs> yes, they do. Such a family-friendly song, right? They yeah. play and and everybody singing along with it. Like that is their song. Um, <laughs> New Jack City was the movie where I. You say that they didn't glorify Nino. I wanted to be Nino. I wanted his suits. I wanted that stupid uh, briefcase <laughs> handle haircut that he had. <laughs> um. I wanted to talk like him. Everybody I know who came out of the theater picked up his phrases. So all of a sudden, see ya, and I wouldn't want to be ya. <laughs> Became part of the lexicon. Um, other phrases that were in the movie that I'm sure will show up in our uh, favorite quotes or favorite scenes list were quoted throughout the Martin Lawrence. Yep. Martin Lawrence took an entire scene from New Jack City and put it in his show, Martin. And it is one of the most memorable scenes from his show because it's one of the most memorable scenes in this movie. New Jack City was a phenomenon. And um, the fact that it's so poorly written <laughs> and, and so dubiously directed <laughs> is is notwithstanding like when i look at it now i'm like yo there were a lot of things that just made me laugh in this movie like we take notes for these movies because we want to do the best we can in supplying to you the listener what exactly worked and what did not work for these movies for new jack city i have three pages of notes trust me when i say it could have been more um, but I couldn't find video for everything I wanted to find video for. Um, I think that the first thing that we need to talk about in this movie is our favorite scenes. 
All right. Um, because the scenes are so iconic that people are able to, if you've seen this movie, you're able to picture it as soon as we talk about it. Um, if you're unable to picture it in your head as we're talking about it, then you are able to straight up um, hear it. Like you'll hear parts of it. Like for example, one of my favorite scenes in this movie is quite simply, am I my brother's keeper? People were saying that throughout the United States. Like Nino is the least biblical motherfucker I know. And yet, am I my brother's keeper became a catchphrase for people in the church. I will watch out for my brothers in the church because am I my brother's keeper? Where'd you get that from? Where'd you, where'd you, that ain't in the Bible. Where do you get that from? Where do you, where do you find that? At? How um, people get that from this film? Like, I mean, I mean, I get, I know where to get the phrase from this film, but you know, was such a sucker in this film. Like, he ain't mean right. that shit <laughs> at all. Yeah. And it's funny, we're going to talk about that, but this scene. <laughs> This is the fruit of our hard work. The belief in the entrepreneurial spirit. You know it. The new American dream. A toast. A toast to my family and life until death. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. New Year. To CMB, on and on. Am I my brother's keeper? Yes, yes, I am. Am I my brother's keeper? Yes, I am. Am I my brother's keeper? Yes, I am. Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> he meant that so thoroughly at that point in time. When they were first starting off, he meant that. As it went on, sure, and we'll talk about that later on in the goofy moments because as much as I love this movie, y'all got to know, I love picking it apart even more, but golly, the scenes that work just work. <laughs> the scenes that work just punch you directly in the throat. It's not even in the chest. Um, Ace, what would you say is your favorite scene from New Jack City? Um, it's kind of one of the scenes that has nothing to do with the plot. Mm -hmm. It is the New Year's Eve party at the club. So you have the live performance, you have people actually dancing in the club, which who'd have thunk it? Um, <laughs> <laughs> the outfit, the the choreographed dancing between like two partners. It's like, yes. This was so dope. And it was the first time like you see where uh, Nino and G Money are having this crack in their relationship because you see like, oh, Nino's like, oh, that's the girl you've been talking to, to G-Money, and she's giving Nino the eye, she's ignoring G-Money, but that's supposed to be his girl, and then it goes on from there, and it leads into like the complete the uh, dissolvement of their relationship, and it was just, yeah, I just loved it. I guess we should go ahead Uniqua. and just say, I'm sorry, what, go ahead, Brandon. Uniqua. Uniqua. Yeah. Yes, and I think we should... Is that one of the names of the backyard again? It is. 
I think we should just go ahead and just say fuck it all and just start tearing this movie the fuck down. When Nino Brown says, am I my brother's keeper? Yes, I am. When Nino sits down and talks with G Money behind that curtain that every black family has blocking their screen doors. (laughs) When Nino does all of that, first of all, first of all, that 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 curtain was wide open. That window is see-through. Him having that talk with him was in his office, which means people literally saw them a few minutes earlier when they were talking about damn crack. Um, mm-hmm. Little None kids looking through the window. Damn crack. Damn crack. Who said that? Um, but when Nino was talking to G Money and they're they're having this, I love you, I love you too. Let's never let anything come between us. Literally less than 30 minutes later. Here comes Uniqua. Not even Uniqua. that. The next scene. <laughs> no, but in the in, in 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 time frames as far as the movie, like in oh. time frames <laughs> of life in the movie, literally less than thirty minutes later, Uniqua <laughs> is making eyes at G, at uh, Nino, and Nino's like, "Hey, G, ain't that your girl? Ain't that the one you met at the strip club? Like, yeah, yeah, I hit that, I hit that once, but I ain't get to know her yet. Oh, woo! Um, less than three hours after that, everything we built." Um, Nino says to G Money, everything we built was because of you. It's because of us. Less than three hours later, they're sitting at the house. Mm-hmm. Nino's like, the world is mine. Oh, G Money's like, the and world is ours. Nino's like, no, fuck you, nigga. <laughs> and then Unique was like, yes, the world is yours. Like, she was trifling. Oh, yes. Like, to, and not just because she's fucking her. her her man's homeboy, but the shit she was saying to Nino's girl, like, implying, because G-Money's a snitch, told her that she couldn't have no kids, and she's like, oh yeah, you deserve a son. No one good and goddamn well, his girl's sitting right there, they, they've they been trying to have kids, and she can't. She trifling. G-Money pillow talking. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, <laughs> the world is mine. And the brothers do now. Forget about us. <laughs> the world is yours, Nino. Only you won't be as careless as Tony Montana. Now, will you? You're absolutely right. Yo, G-Money, I like this girl of yours. He ain't got no papers or a leash on me. Well, right you there. know what happens when dogs don't have a leash. Mm-hmm. They run the streets and try to fuck everything in sight. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you too. I ain't got no papers or no leash on, you know what I'm saying? But there ain't nothing to come between us, baby. The world is mine! I just want to pause right quick, right there. As G Money says, yeah, I ain't got no leash on her, but that ain't, it ain't nothing's going to come between us, right, Nino? Because you just said that, right, Nino? In the hmm. club, right, Nino? You just said that. <laughs> As Nino turns his back on him. <laughs> It says the world is mine. And his girl gets up on the stage and starts stripping for Nino. Also, she had on a whole lot of accoutrement for like a kick it session. But <laughs> she's very ambitious. I think that when he said, did you meet her? Ain't that the girl you met at the strip club? I think she's a stripper. So I think she's always dressed like that. That's Also, to be fair to Nino, when Nino asked her, when Nino asked him that, he tried. He he downplayed her. He was like, "Is that your girl?" And he's like, "Nah, nah, mm-hmm. nah. You know, I hit it once, but you know, I don't really know her like that." And so, 
Nino thought, oh, okay, that's open season. Little bit, mm-hmm. you know. And you know what's extra wild to me is there was one of the well, scenes um, where Nino was like, watch out for the pimples on the booty, like mm-hmm. implying she has an STI. But yet, here you go. Mm-hmm. You, still, you still try to smash, so... Oh, no. No, I don't think he was thinking about it from an SCI perspective. I think he said, literally, you should be counting the pimples on the booty. Yeah, like, count the dimples. The dimples. Like, yeah. yo, I heard I, pimples. I heard pimples at first, too, but I, dimples. Like, yo, she got yeah. cheeks. She got she got thang thang. Like, if you ain't counting them, I will. You can count on that. And she was very, she's very 90s slim. Yes. yes. Like, so I was like, what are you... So I'm thinking, like, but what are you? Why would there? She doesn't really have. But she got ass. That woman would look. I guess in '90s terms, yeah. If they remade this film, that woman would look way different. Exactly. She would be like, she would have that ant body that Dr. Miami patients get. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She absolutely (laughs) look like a fashion nova model. But you're absolutely right about what you're saying about uh, G Money and Uniqua. Like, who the fuck tells a person you only slept with once that out of nowhere hey by the way my brother or my friend i don't know what their relationship is but my brother no my friend yeah let's just say friend because that's 30 times worse hey by the way my brother who you never met his girlfriend can't have kids i don't know why i'm telling you this the pussy was just amazing and I just feel really open to you right now. But here's the other part of this conversation. Here's the other thing that gets on my, doesn't get on my nerves per se. I guess it should get on my nerves. But the part where G Money, or after uh, Nino and Selena walk off. I love you. Mm. Now you're beginning to take me for granted. How can you do that? Please, man, this is corny. This is like soap opera shit. Oh, yo, you act like I owe you something. You do. I don't owe you jack. I mean, all right, right, you Okay, you did give me a couple of books to read, right? And, and yeah, you helped me build the brothers, but I was your ticket out of a life of boredom. That is not balanced, people. What? You gave me a couple of books to read. That is, first of all, I don't want, if you ever in your life have a nerve to jump bad with me after you were not reading, Oh no, we can't have that. Uh uh-uh. uh. I nope, 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 nope. The way that I saw that was like this You gave me a few books to read because you're like above me in stature, and you helped me build the brothers. Which, because him and G Money were a bunch of were a couple corner boys before they started um, Cash Money, I think she fronted him the money to get this all started yeah her daddy is rich remember Mm -hmm. her daddy's a doctor i'm thinking selena gave him all the money to get this all started selena gave him all the business books to get a business started and brought kareem to him to help out that's it and all nino did for her was take her out of a life of boredom that's right that is not balance Mm -hmm. at all (laughs) Ladies, we need ladies. Y'all need to do better than this. This this <laughs> cannot be the balance in the relationship. Been forever low. Um, and 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 then after that, this 
the balance that he gave her was this. I took you out of a life of boredom and... When your big doctor daddy was like making his house calls at Harlem General, what's up with that? Huh? Right? When your kleptomaniac mother was like housing shit in Bloomingdale's, what's up with that? Let me start throwing no shit in my face because you ever touch me again, Austin. I took you from a life of boredom and shade. <laughs> so... That, that was the appearance of... Shit. Wait, this was the equivalent of y'all got daddy issues, mm-hmm. but it was my it was it was the man that that left. Like, why am I getting the blame? Mm-hmm. I took it from a life of boredom. Oh, and your daddy was fucking people, and your mama was a kleptomaniac. Neither of which have anything to do with you. But I really have nothing else to bring to this conversation than me putting <laughs> down your entire family. So, as a reminder. You helped me build the business. You gave me business books. You gave me the name and the face of the person who helped build up the entire system that we use for my drug cartel. I took you out of a life to boredom, and your daddy was fucking people, and your mom was a cleft. This is why I said they don't paint Nino in a bright light throughout this whole film. He dressed cool, and he talked cool, but every all his actions in these different scenes make him seem like a sucker just through and through. He not loyal to G-Money. He treat his woman like shit. He fucking his best friend's brother's girl like five minutes after he leaves. Like, the whole film. Just terrible. I feel like the book she gave him to read was The 48 Laws of Power. (laughs) (laughs) I thought it was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. (laughs) (laughs) Now, one of my favorite... Well, Brandon, what's your favorite scene? I got two. Okay. One's underrated and kind of insignificant, but I thought it was funny. And then one everyone likes. The first one is the very first scene in the film. This is how you know this film is ridiculous. This nigga is on the Brooklyn Bridge in broad daylight with cars, like a million cars on the bridge, dangling a white man over the edge of the bridge and then drops him and nobody does shit or says anything. Nothing happens. Also, he just walks away. Yeah. Also, did you notice two things? Did you notice that the white guy's name is Biff? Yes. <laughs> and this is during the traffic. You were literally stopped in traffic watching him dangle this guy off a bill off the bridge. Oh, don't start bitching up now. You don't have my product and you don't have my money. You gotta give me another chance. Nato, please. Look, the brothers don't wait to get paid. Money talks. Bullshit runs the marathon. So, see ya. And I wouldn't want to be Also, something else picked up. Like I said, uh, good movie, but hindsight. How long? How how long was Dutta Man holding that motherfucker? Because I know how strong is Dutta Man. Because Nino drove up in a limo or drove up in a car, got out the car and walked over. Yeah, that's fine. But 
traffic people. You literally see that there's a traffic jam. <laughs> How long was he holding him upside down? They weren't standing there side by side. And then uh, man was like, all right, man, here he comes. I got to, there were, there, there was no cell phone near him. That's and why he was shaking. That, that, that's that why he the was. Woman, the random white woman screaming about it the whole time. Like, if he was holding him for a very long time, she could have like easily found a cop. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean it's a traffic jam. You could have got like yeah. sixteen people to get out their car and help you. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, there it is. But sorry, Biff, Uh-oh. money talks. Bullshit <laughs> runs the marathon. <laughs> so I, that's a yeah. written line, by the way. Bullshit runs the marathon. <laughs> Who? Sorry, go ahead, Brandon. No, honorable mention is not really, but um, the intro you played. The funniest thing about that is that's like an acapella group singing the OJ's remix. And then in the background, it's just niggas running through the city, gunning down people, just shooting people up, robbing shit. Like, like what is going on? They are living for the city. Why do they have this music behind this? I thought that was hilarious. Well, the reason why the music was behind it, I thought, honestly, was because um, they were showing how the city was changing between mm-hmm. one style and another. And actually, the, the the whole thing, the plan to take over to Carter was one of my favorite scenes of the entire movie, period. Times like these, people want to get high. Real high and real fast. And this is going to do it. And make us rich. I mean, what? People going crazy over this? I mean, really, it looked like cracked off pieces of soap. The Colombians and the Dominicans have shown us the way. The shit is large, but we're going to do it differently. Gone are the days of selling on the street corners. You change the product, you change the marketing strategy. I've seen the future, y'all. And its name is the Carter. Oh, hold up, hold up, Nino. The Carter Apartments, man, that joint is big. What's up? Yo, baby, we talking about combinate and consolidate. That's what up. You're not thinking of taking over the Carter. Yeah, we taking over the Carter. We're going to bum-rush the whole damn thing. Now, just imagine. If the tenants cooperate, oh, it's lovely. I mean, they become loyal customers. They don't? (laughs) Fuck it, it's like Beirut. They become living hostages. We're going to set up a lab here to make the product. Kareem, you can hook up the computer system. Watch out for the workers, the money, and the product. The Dutta man, Keisha, we need a security force. Ward off the rival crews to screen out the customers. We also need lookouts here, 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 and here. Alert us of five all. One place to make the product. One place to collect our money. We will own this fucking city. You's a genius, man. Pure, und- un- I mean, unadulterated, man. Would you please shut the fuck up before you have a seizure? <laughs> man, suck my Hey, man, it's a brilliant plan. But there's one thing that does concern me, though. That curry goat-eating, skinny-ass, fat Smitty. He controls the brothers around the Carter. It's time to sing that fat bitch a lullaby. Rock-a-ball, baby. Yeah. Yeah, he gonna be hanging with Elvis. Damn. Crap. Before we go further. Uh, Before we go further. Keisha's is a motherfucking gangster. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, she's a role model. Um, so random. that's really 
Was, Hold on, Brandon. Was the line combinate and consolidate? I think it was. I think that he ad-libbed that. I, I think that a lot of times in this movie, Wesley Snipes <laughs> got a little bit confused about what the lines were supposed to be, and so he just went for his own, which is how you get squingy-ly. Because um, mm-hmm. I hear mm-hmm. some things, and I was like, do I misremember this? And I have to go to, like, dictionary.com to make sure this is not a real <laughs> word. No, it, it's it, you're absolutely right. <laughs> you're absolutely right. Combinate... <laughs> And consolidate. Combinate. I guess he was trying to make it rhyme. It it flowed in the moment, but then you listen back and you're like, wait a goddamn minute. Hey, y'all. Hey, there's two pizzas over there. Can y'all combinate them, please? (laughs) And And consolidate them. Put them in one box. Yes, combinate them. Why are you looking at me like that? Combinate. Somebody wrote this or else he ad-libbed it. I don't want to think that Wesley or that uh, Mario Van Peebles actually wrote that. I don't want to believe that. Definitely start using that now. No though. way. I'm, I'm I don't want to. Be- I don't want to believe that, that nigga said combinate. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying to combinate and consolidate my queen. Uh, uh, <laughs> Destructicons combinate and, you, and unite for the kill. No, this is this is Dying Hotep in it, living it color. Uh, <laughs> We got to combinate our forces, y'all. <laughs> oh, so I stopped it because Keisha's a fucking gangster. Um, okay. But also because I just wanted to point out the fact that um, the characters, I think we should talk about that real quick. Um, the characters in this movie, the bad guys, who we've spent most of this time talking about, Nino Brown, who's the head of the Cash Money Brothers of CMB, um, his right hand man, G Money, Gerald Wells, uh, who is uh, an aspiring basketball player, I guess, uh, because the first time we see him, he's taking money uh, for a mid range jump shot <laughs> from the free throw line on the elbow uh, at an outside, at an outdoor court somewhere in Harlem. And kids are climbing the fence to watch him take this shot like it's literally the Rutgers tournament. Um, Dutta man, who we don't even know what his real name is. They just called him Dutta man because he stuttered, and we didn't give a fuck about po- political correctness <laughs> in the nineties. No, um, Keisha, who was the number one gunner for the team, I, I didn't see. I didn't. Dutta man dropped somebody off the ledge. Yes, yes. but Keisha shot everybody. Like Keisha was. I respect to Mario Van Peebles and the casting director. This was literally the first movie I could think of where a woman was down. Like, she was murdering people. Like, her high score was way ahead of everybody else's. Yeah. Um, and she did it without a second thought. It was, uh, yeah. No hesitation. I love seeing women in those positions in movies. Right? You rarely see it. Like, the next one that I saw, I don't even know. It might have been Atomic Blonde. But, um... And they're just so smooth with it. It's uh, beautiful. Kareem, a light-skinned nigga who was played by Christopher <laughs> Williams. Uh, I feel like that's the way Mario Van Peebles wrote this. Like, I feel like there's a lot of colorism in his movies. But mm-hmm. Kareem, the light-skinned nigga. Uh, Selena, uh, Wesley Snipes' girlfriend and Kareem's cousin. I thought it was her brother. Sister. That's his sister. Oh, yeah, even yeah. better. Because, yeah. Okay, that'll work even better. Uh, his, his, his Kareem's sister, 
and uh, Nino's girlfriend. By the way, did you catch Kareem's last name? Akbar. Akbar. Fascinating. It's very interesting. Kareem Akbar, which I don't. I thought maybe he had changed to Muslim because you know her <laughs> name is uh, Serena, and Serena and Kareem usually aren't. Not the same family. Arnold yeah. Akbar. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Yeah, so I was like, okay. Was and when you talk about the acting in this movie, he was Ooh. probably the worst but I mean, of, of the Chris, actors. It's Christopher Williams. He's a singer. What I found out is that, and we'll talk about, remind me, remind me. I got some trivia for that. I got trivia for that. But yes, by far, he was, he was awful. Like they, I feel like they cut a deal so he would do that lovely song for the soundtrack, because that's the only thing I want to remember him for. That's the only song anybody remembers him for. <laughs> um, you missing the star performer? Get to him. Come on. Let's see. G Money, Nino, Dada Man, Keisha, Pookie, Kareem. Oh, you just talking about the uh, bad guys. I'm talking about the bad guys yeah, right yeah. now. Oh, okay. I, I haven't okay. gotten to the good guys, the Autobots. Um, <laughs> but so those are the folks, and it leads to one of my other favorite scenes. Like literally, this scene was so fucking gangster. Oh shit. Hey dreadlocks. Where the bomb box I don't say my bitch. Man, let me speak with you. I'm here to tell you, Nino Brown says your services are no longer needed in the community. Oh, the bomb Oh, yeah. yeah. Now that's how you kill somebody, my brother. You get right up on the motherfucker and bam, throw his brains all over the sidewalk in broad daylight. <laughs> my brother, I think there's been a little misunderstanding. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Now look. You are going to give up those apartments. Yes, sir. And you are going to turn over control of the corner to the brothers. Yes, sir. Oh, yes. Well, if you don't, I guess the shotgun goes off and blows your big fat head off clean before you can get your clothes back on. Yes, sir. Is that clear? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Go ahead. Living, Go ahead. living, living just enough. Now, I don't really need to let this run because this is while they're, like like Brandon said earlier, this is while they're playing the music and taking over to Carter. But this music is so fucking smooth. Living just for the city. Living, living, living just enough. And now we're living, living just enough for the city. Living, living, living. New Jack City. Bangs do things, do things, bad things, but that do things, do things, do things, bad things, but that oh my god. Oh, kick people don't let money. Don't let, don't let, don't let, don't let, don't let, don't let money change it. 
for love money people will steal from their brother for love money people will rob their own mother money 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 just in love for the city i'm living just for the city i'm living just enough for a birthday just enough for city for city living just enough For those of y'all who haven't seen the movie, I understand. Uh, what just happened is the actual taking over of the Carter uh, played to Troop and Levert, both singing background uh, to the slaughters that's going on inside the homes. Um, the thing about it is that what happened when they took over the Carter, they came in and they slaughtered all the men. <laughs> like they came in it and shot all the men. Wild. Like, they just busting in apartments, bang, bang, there you go, dead. And so what they left behind were uh, single moms, because they had just murdered the fathers. Mm -hmm. They left behind the kids. Uh, they left behind grandparents. And then they started slaying rocks inside of the courthouse of this huge building called the Carter. The Carter was completely encapsulated. It's a four-sided building with a gateway that you have to walk through in order to get into the actual building. It's, it's a like literal a fortress. Castle, like yes. think it's castle. Where is the police? What? And all of the, the doing police? jack shit. Because that, that was one of my points. No, they're doing um, new jack shit. <laughs> One of my points is that the police, like the community members are in the police station complaining like, y'all, they didn't took over the Carter, they're killing people, they're selling drugs, and they're just walking by like, eh, I don't really care. Meanwhile, they got this whole uh, special force team of rogue cops uh, that are planning to do something about it when yes. they could have done something from jump. Now, let's go yeah. ahead and, oh, go ahead, Brandon. Yeah, I was going to say, I get it. The police don't care about the black neighborhoods, and that's what they were trying to get across. But let me tell you something that I know about police. Once you start taking over property, they care <laughs> at that <Yeah>. point. <laughs> and mm -hmm. so I remember they dropped a bomb. Then something like this happened in Philadelphia. In Philly. Yeah, and they ended up dropping. Yeah, and they ended up dropping a bomb on them. I'm like, the police, somebody would have done something. At that point, they'd, they'd have done something. They'd have been like, all right. But Even if they had to kill done. everybody in the Carter, the police would not stand for no, nobody taking over property. But they yeah. did something. They started up New Jack cops for a New Jack city. This is where all of our tax dollars are going. <laughs> no way, Stone. Who else you got? They're the only ones I need. Are you kidding me? Nick Peretti almost killed his partner doing a motorcycle chase, and Scotty Appleton's still serving out a suspension. He's on probation. It's just probation. Semantic stone. He's still in trouble. Look, 
You and I both know that the system wasn't ready for this kind of epidemic. Crack came on the scene and spread like wildfire. But now I got the mayor and the governor on my back. I need some results. Fast. You get me Nino Brown. Forget Peretti and Appleton. The risk's too high. With all due respect, sir, I mean, you still don't get it. You're talking about a war out there that we're losing. You're not going to give me what I need to win. Now I need some cops that know these streets. I need some New Jack cops to take down a New Jack gangster. What you call a risk? I think it's our only shot. As an old head, as an old head uh, captain, I'm stopping him immediately and saying, what the fuck is a New Jack cop? What the fuck is a New Jack City? Do you know that they took over the fucking Carter? The Carter is a fucking building that is secured by like 50 security people. Why the fuck do you want me to only give you two cops? Did you think this out? Did you plan this out at all? You're missing. You're missing imagine something. Imagine this is how like rogue cops get hired at different police yes, stations. Like, yes. Um, like, oh well, I he he killed three innocent bystanders in a high speed chase. Yes, but it gets results. He's a new jack cop. <laughs> You're missing something, Rashani. So apparently, there is no New York City. It's New Jack City. It's like Gotham. It is. It just got. They just have this. They just have this. They have the parts of the city are real, but mm-hmm. it's not New York City. It's New Jack. So Harlem is uptown New Jack City. It's like all that's in New Jack City. Like that. So New Jack Police Force is the actual name. NJPD. Yes, NJPD. So I got I got tired of this shit, and so I went and did a search for what the fuck is New Jack. What the fuck is a New Jack City? Because after this movie started, little known trivia, and we'll get to the rest of it in a bit, but after this movie started, that's when the wrestler took his name, New Jack, from this movie. So New Jack has nothing to do with nothing. New Jack is a term originating in the 80s to refer to a music genre which which featured elements of hip-hop, R&B, and pop. Groups such as Belle DeVoe, Guy, Heavy D, and New Edition are all from this era. That's the New Jack Swing. Within that uh, musical era, Mario Van Peebles was like, these gangsters are New Jack gangsters. He built a movie around a music genre. Exactly. Iconic. Exactly. <laughs> and by the way, Guy was in this movie. Guy was featured prominently in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> for, the, for the New Year scene. Like, yep. we just didn't play. Like, and, and to his credit, he did have a lot of musicians and rappers available in this movie. He had Troop. He had Levert. He had Flavor Flav's clock wearing ass. He had Guy. Uh, he had Christopher Williams. He had he Ice sweats tea. wine and ass. Had, oh, oh my God. We'll get to him in a second. Um, you know, this is like one of the great parts of the 90s was movies and TV shows had amazing musical cameos. Mm-hmm. But some of them didn't make no goddamn sense. Um, <laughs> another one of my favorite scenes was Nino and Frankie, um, just because it gave us an opportunity to combinate uh, some more of my favorite phrases and 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 words in this movie. Oh, I'm on it, really.
Now we understand you have a new Peruvian connection. So what of it? So what of it? Look, we know you've started to centralize your operations at the Carter. Now you did so without notifying Don Mateo, who takes such things as an insult. Get to the point, Fred. My point is, you fucking guys are cutting us out of our agreed-upon 10%. It's time we renegotiate, Nino. Well, I'll tell you what, message boy. You go back and you tell Don Mateo, no renegotiating. Fuck that. The Cash Money Brothers are a self-contained unit. But I tell you what, you come back and you see me next week, right? And I'll hook you up with some of them collard green linguinis and shit. Chicken Alfredo. Chitlin's Alfredo. <laughs> Maybe get a better soup. Fuck you. Hey, Nemo, man, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if you should have done that, man. Frankie's an all right guy. Look, fuck them scongeli eating motherfuckers. This is our thing. If they don't want to roll with it, we'll roll right over. Can Let us discuss the racism in this movie. Oh, it's big. <laughs> they were pretty fair with the racism. They gave it on they, all sides. Oh, yes, all sides. All sides. All sides. <laughs> Which I um, haven't seen since Family Guy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but also, what is it with the hip-hop gangster movies and scenes with someone eating a banana aggressively? Somebody got to drop a dime on that nigga. <laughs> I don't like that shit. Mm -mm, I don't like that shit. <laughs> we, we, we skipped over one of the most important parts of this film, and also one of the most ridiculous parts of this film that has to do with them taking over the Carter. Do you realize this man said that taking over the Carter made him $1 million a week in 1990? $1 million a week. That's $52 million. That, in today's money, I looked it up. In today's money, that is $104 million a year. <laughs> I can see it. I mean, you're in, I mean, look, you have a centralized place. Sorry, go ahead, Ace. Like, I can see, like, if you were, you took over all of Harlem, you have a centralized location for the sell and usage. So you have combinated the, the key, <laughs> key elements of drug use. I can see it. You got you got built-in crack houses <laughs> within the Carter. That's what they denigrated, or that's what they degenerated and to. On top of that, you have to think all the residents are probably paying him rent. Mm-hmm. Oh! Or for oh, protection. I didn't think about that. All right. Rent or protection, like... Right. Mm. It could be a milli. Mm -hmm. It could happen. So how much did people pay for crack? What was that? How much does crack cost? I don't know. We don't know, that but much. like, <laughs> like ten dollars maybe. A dime bag I mean, I was know ten. It was cheap. No, it wasn't because I know I do well, know people, people said it was cheaper. Like they went from cheaper cocaine than cocaine. Yeah. Well, no, crack was cheap to make, but I do know people who sold it, uh, who were able to secure full-on credit cards from people, like when they weren't able to pay what they owed for the crack that they needed they would do things like they would go out and rent a vehicle in their name the crackheads will rent a vehicle and then they give the vehicle to the to the 
person selling the crack in exchange for the all addiction debt yes yes and 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 it's called it's like a dope thing rental like you hear that saying now and that's why it was because in the crack era probably in the heroin era too back in the 60s but they didn't have rent a center back then niggas will rent stuff from rent a center and then run that over to you and so you'd have all this stuff available televisions video games tvs I just said televisions, combinate. Um, <laughs> cars, they rent all this stuff and bring it to, and be like, yo, this is worth one bag, right? So while a bag might have cost 10 to $20, the dope fiends were actually giving more than 10 to $20 to satiate their need. And he probably added that to his overall intake. Because a million dollars a week. That's the property value of the, of the Carter itself in New York. Mm-hmm. I mean, the nigga literally sold, signed over the land to him. Also, got- you, we kind of glossed over him walking that naked man outside in front of them kids and parents with a shotgun to his goddamn head. I mean, the niggas then- rolled up on, on Fat Smitty and blew his brains out in front of folks and didn't nobody do nothing but scream. Nothing. Speaking to that million, a million a week, he was living in a fucking house with an indoor pool. Mm-hmm. He definitely made a million a week. And can we ask, can we talk about that real quick? Since uh, And after this, we'll get to the good guys. Okay. <laughs> okay, so um, when we see him and Unique was dancing for him and Selena's getting told about her uh, dad who was fucking people on house calls and her mom who was housing shit from, from <laughs> Woolsworth, from Bloomingdale's. <laughs> I like to say housing shit from Woolsworth. It just sounds better. But Bloomingdale's. <laughs> Um, which I've never been to in my life. Never been to a Bloomingdale's. Um, I don't think they have. I don't think they even had them out here. But oh. that house, that mansion, with the big screen projection TV that they're watching Scarface on, with the stage, as compared to the one-bedroom apartment that they broke into when they got him at the end of the movie. Mm. Was that a safe house? I think so. I think that's what it was supposed to be. He had that really draped out for a safe house. I feel like he was living like in Westchester at, at that point. Because like- that was that was a lot. That that was that was- Also, if he was making one million dollars a week, when that whole shit broke down at the end of the movie, it, right before he got caught, like when the first time when he got away. Mm-hmm. That nigga should have left the fucking country. Absolutely. Just, out. <laughs> just all right, I'm out. That's, he's that's clearly the third greedy. time. Yeah, he's clearly greedy and mm-hmm. um, overestimates his abilities. Let's talk about the crashing of the Carter. The reason why the Carter crashed is because of the good guys, which luckily for them, because they're New Jack, there's a lot less of them. Our <laughs> New Jack team is Scotty Appleton, who is played by Ice-T. <laughs> What a fucking um, name. Right? Appletini. Um, it is, um, he is a New Jack uh, cop who does things by his own way, which includes shooting dope dealers in the leg as they run away to stop them from getting away with his money that he got hustled for. So this is really just traditional policing. Okay. Yes. yes. Uh, he is joined by his teammate, Nick Peretti, who says racist shit all the fucking time, and yet nobody calls him on it, um, such as this. Yo, Buckwheat! 
if the last things I hear before I die are yo buckwheat, <laughs> buckwheat? <laughs> yo buckwheat, I'm haunting you. <laughs> yo buckwheat, hey hey black dude, yo buckwheat. That's racist. <laughs> Nobody called him on it. Nobody called That's him what? on when they were talking because it was Peretti and it was Appleton and it was Stone who was played by Mario Van Peebles and he was the director of the New Jacks group. And then there was, I don't remember what the Asian dude's name was. Um, I think he ended up playing Liu Kang and, and uh, no, nah, I'm not even gonna say that, I'm not sure. But <laughs> I don't know what his name is, I need to take a look. But it was those four and they were the police group and then in order to get more information on the Carter, they had Pookie. Let's talk about Pookie for a second. The star of this movie. They cleaned him up. They, they put him in like a makeshift rehab so that he could be an informant. Mm -hmm. They cleaned him up. But before they cleaned him up, he's stumbling down the street. First of all, oh, he's selling dope. And then he tries to run away from uh, Appleton, and Appleton shoots him. After Appleton shoots him, he becomes a crack addict. Well, let's let's speak about where Appleton shoots him. On the fucking playground, Surrounded with a kids. bunch of kids around. He's a new jack cop. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's a new jack cop in a new jack world. Um, he he shoots him. It's witnessed by Kareem uh, because niggas, kids, really kids. It wasn't even niggas. It was little kids trying to get money because they live in Harlem in 91. It's probably not the gentrified fuck land that it is now. Um, so they were money on the ground. Yo, let's get it. He pulled his gun on the kids. Like, yo, if y'all don't put like, down that money, it. I'm going to shoot back you. It. Kareem like, sees uh, all this. Uh, Pookie goes on to get addicted to crack. Uh, Peretti and Appleton are now doing surveillance on uh, Nino Brown, who's doing nothing but giving away turkeys, quite like Bumpy Johnson used to do. He's giving away turkeys at Thanksgiving, and they see Pookie again. And uh, they're like, yo, that's Pookie. And Pookie comes down and he's talking shit to everybody in the line. Pookie is played by Chris Rock. Chris <laughs> Rock does a amazing job playing a crack fiend. I just have to say that for the record. He's the best crack addict I've ever seen in any movie ever. Better than Samuel L. Jackson, better than any of them is Pookie. Pookie comes down and Look at your funky black ass. Pookie, I, I don't understand it. First, you want to be a stick-up kid, right? But then you got shot. Now you's a base head. You're all messed up, man. Your life is cracked. Man, I know I look like stir-fried shit. Man, I know that. Man, don't hook me up with some food, man. Come on, look, man. Look, man, there's a line. You got to wait. Can you get this man something to eat, please? Oh, yes, yes, sir. Hook me up, hook me up. Hook me up. Hey, you want some more? Uh, how's that? Here, here, here. Here, here, here. How's that, all right? Oh, man. Hey, Pookie, you clean yourself up, man. Maybe I'll give you a job.
Why the fuck would you do that? <laughs> Why in the fuck would you tell a crackhead who you're looking at in full crack fiend regalia that if they clean up, you'll give them a job selling crack? Well, he said he might give him a job. And to be fair, his job was to be a lookout, which he was doing a very good job at. Until he got promoted to... That's dead Mike's fault. Yeah. I mean, G-Money. Absolutely. Like, hey... Actually, no, it's Christopher like, Williams' fault. Oh, Christopher Williams' fault, yeah. I fully understand, like, um, you know, not judging people off of their addictions. However, yeah, you have a person who is a crack addict and then put them mm-hmm. in the room with the crack where you're crack. bagging yes. crack. Yes. Mm-hmm. Not yes. money. Not being a lookout. Not even know. recruiting. Not, he, not he, recruiting. Nothing. You put him where his biggest vice is. Mm-hmm. What do you expect? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, also, by the way, we start talking about the crack. Go ahead, oh, go hold ahead on. Brandon. Before you get past Pookie, by the way, uh, did you know that this casting came down to two people? Chris Rock and Martin Lawrence. Oh. How do you think this film would have worked if it was Martin? Oh, oh! It would have been much louder. And that, he doesn't make um, a he doesn't make a reputable crackhead. Chris Rock at this time looked like he was so skinny he looked like he could hula hoop with a Cheerio, like literally. Very much. He was nothing but bone and skin. Martin would have been more like physical, mm-hmm. like physical comedy, and Chris Rock was. He per, he had the facial expressions. He had the mannerisms. He 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 was. I feel like I. It was low key method acting without the crack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like this. Don't serve that turkey no more. Oh, jump for that last guy. Why I gotta be owing you? I was prom queen of King High School. This is beneath me. <laughs> <laughs> that used to be the prom queen. Now you ain't nothing but the prom thing. Look at you now. Look at you. Hey! Hey, hey what? Hey, what? Did I hook you up? Did I walk down six blocks to get that pipe? So I already in my phone couldn't speak English, but still trying to beat me out of fiber. Did I? Did I? Did I speak to your old ass mother this morning? The bitch called me a homeless bastard. Right? 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 Then you add all that up, and the fact that I'm a man that can beat your motherfucking ass, I see his my turn. Come on, come job of acting by Chris Rock. I got to give him credit for that. With that said, how the fuck? So everybody just stand there and watch this man assault this woman? Everybody just stand there? Where did did Miss Nan that looked like a bank teller come from? Like, everybody else low-key looks like they are 
you know, From the in a crack house. Yeah. Uh, but this woman in a suit and heels mm-hmm. and a press mm-hmm. comes out of nowhere and is the one that like stops it. But what? Where did she come from? I don't know, because they're all standing around like it's performance art. Like, I, 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 so I love how they combinated the the anger and <laughs> angst <laughs> of the crack epidemic. <laughs> you. <sighs> I will Friend? say this: um, I don't, I don't ever condone that shit. But I do understand the hesitation of running up on a crackhead. Oh yeah. Uh, so I can see why some people were just like. Yeah, I don't like this, but I don't know if I should run up on this crackhead. Um, <laughs> collective. I also collective. Have a question, um, because yeah, you know, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen a crackhead with like um, eggshell white lips. Mm. Um, they get what like were they that? doing in the makeup chair? Um, we um, actually, when I tease my son, I and he doesn't put Vaseline on his lips. We say he has pookie lips. There are certain things that we saw in this movie, and I I don't know who brought it up, but it was a really good question. Do people actually? This movie set precedence for every black movie that came out, every drug house that came out afterwards. I think the precedent was set by the crack and the crack houses shown here in New Jack City. Do they actually strip down butt naked to bag up coats? Yes, that. That uh, Brandon I said that like in the questions. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't. I we don't. Know. We don't know. We don't know. Also, didn't Tyrone Biggums have white lips too? Yes, but I feel like that character was based off of Pookie. Ah, yeah, that's true. That's true. It, that's true. Because but, I've yeah. never seen anyone in actual, factual, real life with lips. That way, I feel like if you grind the crack up and then you like taste it, that it'll probably get your lips white. I don't know about the smoking because I never was around someone who was freshly smoking crack. I, 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 I really think they over exaggerated the, the ashiness of the lips. Well, I, everything I was over exaggerated. I, I don't think it's like humanly possible to, unless you have like necrosis. For your <laughs> lips to get like that. So, did you think that? Did you think that it was if you if, if you take yourself back to the first time watching this film, right? Mm-hmm. Are you like every everybody else who's like this is a bad idea sending Pookie in undercover? Or did you think yeah. this could work for Pookie? Like you think, oh, this is gonna work out. Pookie gonna come through. I never saw it ending well uh, for Pookie. I just didn't know it was gonna end in the way it did. God help you, you're gonna die. <laughs> like, like, I was expecting Pookie to just get shot. <laughs> also, was there any was there any quote unquote bad light skinned people in the film? I feel like every light skinned person was a good person. Uh Kareem. I would argue that Ice T was not. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't think he was a good person, but he was he, they wanted I you mean, to think he was a good person. Uh, um, let's see. Serena? Serena was a good person. Virtuous all the way through. But I think that, I think you got that mixed up, bro. All the, like, like, oh, Stone was a piece of shit. We'll get to him in a bit, too. (laughs) Fuck Stone. Um, But there was a lot of colorism in this movie, um, including uh, Nino Brown telling Kareem after he, you know what? Fuck it. So, Pookie, becomes a member of the CMB's 
consortium of drug baggers and drug cookers or whatever it may be. Um, and they let him in to like work with the drugs, like bagging up the drugs, which is a lot of pressure, as we said before, for a crackhead. Um, as as Pookie is getting ready for this job, everybody, everybody is telling him that he's not, this ain't the right place for Pookie to be at. Literally. Yeah. And Scotty was like, fuck you. Frankly, man, I don't think buddy Pookie is ready to be in a room full of crack. Hey, ready, man. Yo, man. Oh, look, ready, man. I was born ready, man. Yeah, ready to be dead. Hey, hey. hey, man, why don't you stay out of this, hey. man? Yo, man, he's already on the inside. Oh, he needs a little bit more time. They have enough information we could put Nino away for good. In my opinion, we get him out while we still can. And what's your opinion? I'm going to give you your opinion, okay? I just want to stop right there for a second because that was fucked up. Peretti was actually <laughs> riding for Stone. He was agreeing with Stone, and Stone was like, when I want your opinion, I'm going to ask your opinion. By the way, Scotty, I'm against it. Bitch, he just said the same thing. <laughs> this is a hostile work environment. <laughs> need to speak to HR. My boss let all the black people talk, but when I say something, I get told to shut the fuck up. <laughs> then he steals all my ideas. I guess this is new Jack this discrimination. This is reverse racism. No, this is new Jack discrimination. <laughs> not only does Scotty not care, Scotty then says, you fucking owe me to Pookie. You owe me. Oh. I only got you off this crack for you to go die for me. Hey. But, but, you pro but the thing is, he probably got on crack because you shot him. Yes. Fucking Achilles. But also... <laughs> Also, the shit that he says Pookie owes him for, he don't owe him for. The nigga says, <laughs> you owe my mother. You better be ready, homeboy. But you owe a whole lot of people, man. Yo, me. Yo, yourself. Yo, the whole community, man. You even owe my mother. Yeah, that's right. Little junkie just like you. Killed my mother back in 1974. Didn't take no money. Didn't take no jury. Just pow! Took her life, you know what I'm saying? Now, I don't know what you got left in your so-called rehabilitated little body here, whatever. But you better find something. Because you owe a lot of people, man. You owe a lot of people. You owe poop. Yeah, let's give a crack, a, a rehabbed crack fiend a pressure. A rehabbed crack. Because this is not like, he did not go to the Benny Ford Center. Yeah. It was in his, they were in their apartment. Yeah. With an exercise bike. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and 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 let's give him more pressure by everybody turning on him, including the person who was just riding for him, by him saying, "You know what? You owe the community. You owe my mama. You know why you owe my mama? Because another guy who was on some sort of drug <laughs> killed my." That sounds like white folks and why they don't like black people. Random. Can we discuss this hair? Uh, the I see. Like, what was it supposed to be? Were they really poorly maintained braids? Were they supposed to be locks? I, I, I was so confused by this. You know, the thing is, I don't, I don't know because his hair in this scene looks wicked as fuck. But when he's talking with G-Money to get into the Cash Money Brothers or going undercover to get G-Money to work with him, 
his hair looks all maintained and and nice and so but it didn't like it was like this weird um <laughs> amalgamation of locks braids and some other shit that i don't understand like was it a wig was it his real hair did they just do anything an was this, this was it a rushed Tyler Perry hair and makeup situation? I don't understand. That is an excellent question. I don't know if that was his hair or not. Because iced tea at that time, it could be, it could go either way. It was luxuriant. Like it could he go either way. Was, he loved to press. Mm-hmm. Um, at, at one point, I don't remember if he or someone else had a jerry curl, but it, there, I don't. I just have questions. <laughs> Y'all think he got the SVU cop job because of what they saw on here? Oh, I know he did. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. This Because he up as basically actor. plays the same character on SVU with a little bit less illegal activity. <laughs> yes. This is literally what opens him up as an actor. Like, this, it's not, it's not even a question. Um, without this, he doesn't get any other jobs. Period. Period. Point blank. Also, I can imagine this being startling in 1991 to see Ice T play a cop. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. And and he was. We'll talk about all of that when we get to the trivia. There's stuff like y'all gonna be like, damn. But there's stuff. Um, one of the other uh, favorite scenes that I have is after Pookie uh, tears down the Carter. The reason why. Pookie tore down the Carter was because Pookie got caught at work uh, after being hopped up on crack. I just want to ask a few questions before we even do this. Why the fuck does a crackhead have a crack <laughs> pipe in his house? Why does he have it there at all? Like, I know that you're struggling. I know that you're, you're, you're like, Ooh, like you're about to, uh, you're, you're surrounded by, you got all this pressure and all that. Did he go out and buy the crack pipe and then later on he went out and stole the crack? I feel like they probably like hand those out with every like bundle purchase. of crack you buy. Every at the car. Yeah, it's like one crack pipe free with every four rocks. Would you like um, a premium? <laughs> would you like the premium pipe that has a uh, burn free tube? Yeah. So how long of a time jump was that? Like there was a time jump from when he Snuck like where he first thought about taking the crack, and then the show, like yeah. the perfect employee at one point, mm-hmm. and then I don't know what happened. That is a then good. They question. show him getting a taste. He gets the taste of one. Then they show him lighting up in his house, and then they show him dancing around, talking about you got skim milk in your titties, <laughs> going crazy. But but in his defense, they show him uh, initially. Initially, they show him working with Peretti and them. Then he gets promoted. Yeah. Then he starts struggling with the crack, with wanting to smoke the crack. After they tell him, nigga, you ain't shit, you are my mama. Um, and then after all of that, they show him breaking down and smoking the crack. So I would say this time span of this part was probably like, for them to promote somebody, I would say it had to have been at least four months. Yeah, I was thinking it had to be some time. They don't show that, though. (laughs) Um, Well, to be fair, these are terrible 
like this is why I, I think the one million dollars a year is ridiculous. How are you just get a drug dealer and you got infiltrated by the police and a crack addict twice in like ten minutes of screen time or fifteen minutes? This is minutes what of screen happens. Time. This is what happens when you no longer you have other people doing important shit for you. Now he's got too many people. He's got too many hands in the pot. Exactly. And also, G Money was making some of these decisions, and he was also not yet. Not yet. See, I put that in. I put that as one of my fa- my favorite moments, mm-hmm. and I put first time in quotes because I don't know if that was the first time he smoked crack. No, it had to have been the first time he was smoking crack, and we'll talk about that in a second. Hold on. <laughs> Come here, man. Come here. You know, I told G Money how good you've been working out, right? And I told him how many customers you've been bringing in. See, Christopher Williams' fault. <laughs> and you're just a lookout. What do you say, man? Check this out. They like that. Anything that makes them more money, they like. This might be so, it, uh, homeboy. We're going to get you a better position. Come on. Yo, Check it out. All right. Pleasant. All right. As soon as possible. Let's get going. Okay, guys. Jackpot. System. No time at all. Inside. <laughs> yes. Hold on. Kid, I was telling you about Pookie. He's been bringing us a lot of business. Yo, man, I'd like to take a shot at one of those computer terminals, man. Can you program Pascal? Can a white man dance? <laughs> well, I guess not. But, you know, people, you know, they change. They lose. <laughs> yeah, well, today's... The fuck does can you program Pascal have to do with losing it's interest? Like, like he said, he said, can you program Pascal? Chris Rock said, can a white man dance? No, but seriously, people change. They lose interest. What does that do? He asked him a real question. Like, if he had said, yes, I can program Pascal, he would have gave him a job with the computers. G-Money was stupid. He would have done it. Oh, yeah. But now nah, people lose interest. Oh, then you're, you're clean off crack. Okay, cool. I'll put you in the drug house. It's a lucky day, homeboy, because I'm going to promote your ass. All right. Yeah, All right. right. Are you still on that pipe or what? Nah, not me, baby. No way. That's good. Real good. Because you're going to be working for me in the drugstore. Yo, man, I'm glad y'all got all right, see. Hold on. Now, hold on. Every, each side of the line is making very bad decisions with Pookie. And this is the worst decision right here because after he does that, immediately after he promotes Pookie to the to the drugstore, he immediately says this. I want you to keep an eye on that kid, all right? Well, sure. The boy's life finger. Keep an eye on the product. Nick, why would you why would you do that if you have to add like add an extra layer of security? Exactly. Just stupid. Exactly. So then Pookie goes in there and works in the drugstore, and he's literally talking to the crack pipe, trying to stop himself from smoking it. Like I said, Chris Rock did an amazing job in this role. Like I would, I would imagine that somebody who has never done drugs and has never smoked crack, obviously, to know that you are going back to something that you fought so hard to get away from. This had to have been just like it was. It was heartbreaking to me to watch him succumb to it. This um, was a better deterrent than Dare. Mm, very much so, especially this part. Seeing that lip, I don't know how he made the oh lip go halfway down his face. <laughs> But when he did it again in CB4, I felt it all over again. Um, now, let me see. Let me see. What else? What else? So after, after Chris Rock and Chris Rock gets found out, and they, help me, help me, I'm going to die. Yeah. And they run into the Carter. And, 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 and the Carter has a bomb. They have a bomb on uh, Pookie, oh, ready to blow up. Question. 
is on their team making bombs. Explosives? We don't know. We, like, we don't. I, I, the Dutta man draws. Keisha murders people, and Bob does explosives. Did we not introduce Bob? <laughs> we did not. <laughs> because Bob is sitting at the table when Nino Brown does the walk with the chain and everything. You see there's like 50 people sitting at the table like it's an MC Hammer meeting. And like, his, where does where one in the hood learn these bomb-making skills if they're not a vet? No clue. This is just... The more, I, more we talk about it, the more ridiculous it gets to me. And I really thought it was that peak ridiculousness. And that's, that's what happens. That's why we do these <laughs> movies. I just... One of the best scenes in the movie. Yep. What happened? Huh? Don't nobody know nothing? Come on now, now, now everybody don't speak at once. That's Bob right there. I'm gonna fucking get in, huh? <laughs> <laughs> you mean to tell me how all your motherfuckers in here don't nobody know jack shit? <laughs> <laughs> the Dutta man. Keisha. I'll be a motherfucker. I'll be a motherfucker. Don't nobody know nothing? What up with this? Somebody got to know something was going on. See what I'm saying? Ain't that right, G-Money? Yeah, I think G-Money definitely knows something. Yeah, G-Money knows something. You fucked up. You fucked up big time. You're incapable of running this shit. Sit your $5 ass down before I make change. Right, make change. Kareem. Mothers and fathers all over the nation. <laughs> That's my they quote. Felt that, that was in my their quote. Spirit. <laughs> Dads were using that in restaurants. <laughs> they were using it in church. They oh, wanted their kids to fuck up. Sit your four dollars down before I make change. Did I say that right, y'all? Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Sit your four dollars. I say that. Like not not to my kids. But I will sit your four dollar ass down before I make change. Like I said, Martin took that. That line is iconic. Iconic. This is also, one of those lines that you just blurt out randomly. It doesn't even have to yes. match the situation. Yes. Mm-hmm. Also, did they have a plan? So was their plan like, all right, so if the Carter gets blown, right, what we're going to do is we're going to show up with this big ass Knights of the Round Table, table <laughs> and everybody's going to dress in all black. Black next to be specific. The whole crew is dressed the same. Black turtlenecks and gold chains. It's in, they're in mourning. <laughs> the Carter's gone, y'all. I just want to point out the fact of two things. One, I feel like all for, for like a long, long time, probably still, till I actually get into one, I feel like a black run business has business meetings like this. I feel like all the business meetings go like this. The CEO walks in with their dog, jump ropes along the floor, threatens the shit out of somebody they don't like, and then stabs their least favorite employee. He brought him to my attention. We got 300 people working for us at all times. I can't keep my eye on every single one of them. You was taking care of business. If I was instead. what? If I was what? Say it again. What'd you say? Nothing. That's what I thought you said. Because <laughs> that's what I got right now, nothing. <laughs> 
A million dollar a week business. Reduce the fucking rubbles. What, huh? Nino! Huh? It's your responsibility, huh? Nino! This was very, um... I never liked you anyway, pretty motherfucker. <laughs> that was a very, um... Charles keeps talking in the classroom so everybody gets recess taken away moment. Mm-hmm. Like, how are you yelling at G-Money, but you stabbed Kareem? Easy. Kareem's <laughs> sister is Selena, who just got in a fight with Nino because of Uniqua. He can't hit Selena because he doesn't hit women in this movie, but I'll stab the fuck out of your brother. Also, I just want to point out real quick, this is real quick trivia, that in this scene where uh, Christopher Williams gets stabbed, when they show him being stabbed, it goes through his hand. But then when the camera pans on it again, the knife, the sword is actually in the table and no longer in his hand. No, weak business. Reduce the fucking rebels. Nino. <laughs> yeah, continuity issues. Uh, to be expected, though. So, I'm going to take a screenshot of this and put it on Twitter because he gets stabbed <laughs> through the hand, but then when it comes back, the sword is clearly through the table. His hand is like eight, nine inches away from the actual sword. Yep. They couldn't even give yeah. him a prosthetic to do this. <laughs> like, that don't even cost that much money. Get a fake ass hand. They blew through the prosthetic budget on Pookie's lips. And on Nino's haircut. Um <laughs> now <laughs> now I feel very strongly that in this scene, Christopher Williams fucked this up. I feel like we're all blaming Christopher Williams. Like Christopher Williams messed up the scene so many times that they had to get a drink. He wasn't acting in pain correctly, so they had to take a five-minute break while he got a drink and looked at the script. And then he came back, and Mario Van Peele was just like, action! And Chris hadn't put the knife back through the prosthetic hand again. So... He probably kept lifting the wrong hand, and they had to keep reshooting. Yes. Yes. (laughs) That is exactly it. And then when they come back around to it, because Dutta Man suddenly speaks clearly enough to say, Nino! He pulls the uh, sword back out of Christopher Williams' hand. Says he never liked him anyway because he's a pretty motherfucker. Light skin versus dark skin. Colorism continues. Um, The death man is the only one not wearing all black. That looks like a blue suit jacket. It is. It is. And I just want to get shots out. Dutta man fresh. (laughs) Hey, but another thing about Dutta man, while we're talking about him, because this will never come up anywhere else, Dutta man, the great artist, um, in one scene, while the Carter is uh, being built, they showed the Dutta Man three separate times. Once getting a haircut, mm-hmm. uh, once at the beginning of the scene where they say he's an unad- <laughs> and then there's a last part. There's three separate times where they show him. The first two times they show him, his teeth are brown, like, like a bronze, like they're mm-hmm. not gold teeth. But then on the last scene, they no, the first scene, his teeth are brown. 
in the middle scene where he's getting the CMB cut in his hair, his teeth are gold. And then when they show him again, his teeth are brown again. So he got upgraded. And then degraded they again. Did downgraded. <laughs> downgraded yeah. all over again. He, he got a grill and, you know, you got to take that out for cleaning sometimes. <laughs> and so after uh, G Money does the um, snitching on Kareem, everybody snitched in this movie, I guess. Um, Except for my girl, Keisha. Keisha was the <laughs> shit. Um, but after that happens, uh, Kareem, or G-Money, goes home and again, smokes crack for the first time. Quote, quote. Quote, unquote, first quote, unquote, time. First time. And the way he goes about smoking crack is literally one of the best things in the world <laughs> because the nigga proposes to a crack pipe. Yes. <laughs> Voluntarily knowing. That no man put us in and now pronounce us man and wife. You may kiss the bride. <laughs> Married to the crow pipe. A lot of people that they will say they start doing hard drugs and don't go in with the expectation that they will become addicted. He went in there with the explicit um, desire to become addicted to crack. Mm-hmm. Married it. Proposed to it. Wanted it in his life forever. Ever. Now, here's another thing that a lot of folks don't talk about, and there weren't a lot of videos for it, so I had to make my own video of it. Uh, after Pookie died and then got a bomb strapped to his chest, they had Pookie's funeral. Mm-hmm. We've already established that Mario Van Peebles, a.k.a. Stone, was a straight-up asshole in this movie. But this may have been his shittiest moment in the entire movie, and nobody gives him credit for it but me. This is a hindsight exclusive. This is at Pookie's funeral, ladies and gentlemen. I just want to remind you of that. The kingdom of God. May your soul rest in peace. Goodbye, Pookie. Amen, man. Commissioner's been on my ass all night, man. Washington is blaming us for losing tens, damn near hundreds, thousands of dollars in man hours. Not to mention all the cops we got killed. (laughs) Operation was a failure, man. We didn't arrest anyone, no one, man. You get any evidence? Nothing, no financial records, nothing, right? Now, we could still be out there fighting scum like Nino Brown, except for two things, man. I gambled on you, and you gambled on a crackhead. Fuck that! (laughs) 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 To be fair, it's true, but he could have picked a better time than directly after the funeral to say that. Directly after they put a flower on his coffin to say that. And, 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 and. In Peretti's defense, in Appleton's defense, you could have hired more people. Like, you're talking about tens of thousands of dollars in police hours, but there was only two people really on the staff. And you also could have hired, you know, an actual um, undercover Undercover police officer and not a crackhead. 
totally. Totally. You got to go who you know. They could have gone, and they chose the absolute least likely to work way Mm -hmm. to go. Trust the people who got you there. (laughs) 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 So... So they get, um, so Nino and Selena have broke up. Pookie is dead. The funerals happen. Um, G Money's addicted to crack. Uh, Appleton uh, sets up a way for him to meet Frankie, the gangster who uh, got called a congealy eating motherfucker. Uh, and Frankie introduces him to G Money. Uh, so then he can get in with the um, with the Cash Money Brothers. By the way, uh, shout out to the first time that the second time that Frankie and Nino met, which is when Keisha got to say lines like this. Motherfucking little drug dealing creep. You think you're gonna get away with that? I just did. Step the fuck off, Gigantor. <laughs> I feel like that line was improvised. Oh, it had to be. There's no way you're writing a line like Gigantor. <laughs> but off, well, actually, you know what? I don't feel, I feel like step off Gigantor doesn't exactly roll off the tongue. Mm hmm. And we know there was some questionable lines already written for this script. Mm-hmm. So it's not beyond the pale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so while uh, Scotty has gotten in good with the group and G-Money is addicted to crack, uh, Nino and Scotty become close because Nino's like, I don't trust him. I want to keep him as close to me as possible. And so they become close. You can become fake close with somebody, fine. You don't become so fake close to them that you tell them about a murder. Uh, when I was younger, I was a member of this gang called the L.A. Boys. Then exactly. You know it. The leader of the group, Jughead, he told me, he said that to prove my loyalty, I had to snuff somebody out. It was like bad, probably. I said, what, an enemy or what? He said, no, 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 no. That's too easy. It's got to be an ordinary monk. So I rolled down to 23rd, right? Got me a bag of that red devil angel dust. <laughs> Man, I got so zooted. I walked up on this lady. I mean, she must have been a school teacher or something. I was so fucking crazy, man, I didn't even care. I stepped to her. I didn't even stay to see the body drop. I just ran. You must think I'm a demon, huh? I guess what you was doing, I was like business fight. Wasn't personal. My brother, it's always business. Never personal. So we just happened Back in the 70s, before either of them were established in this game of good versus evil, we just happened to have a situation where Nino Brown 
lived near enough to Scotty Appleton that Nino Brown was able to murder Scotty's mom. Nino Brown is a joker. <laughs> Scotty Appleton is Batman. <laughs> and they Scotty's don't even... mom's name Martha? <laughs> Martha! And they don't even know how powerful they are to one another. Both of their lives will never be the same because of that one moment, the moment in time. Pookie's <laughs> life will never be the same because of Nino Brown, who he later started smoking crack from, who start, he started buying crack from. All these lives were forever entwined before any of them even knew of one another. The uh, combinating of these things <laughs> is such a deuce ex machina that I am, I was just awed the first time that I heard that. Like that was the first thing I was like, wait, what? All these things just work out that way? Brandon, you look perplexed. Dr. Flex is just ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a ridiculous film. This, and, and the funny part about that is how old is Nino Brown supposed to be? Because my assumption was that he was in his late 20s. Mm-hmm. So that would put him at 11 years old killing Scotty's mama? 12? Mm-hmm. In 79, when they were using <laughs> zip guns. And and fighting like this. <laughs> Back when the he Jets said his mama died 15 years ago. That's what he told Pookie. He said 15 years ago, a crackhead. Also, he said a crackhead did it. Now Nino said he did it. So but he, Scott, well, he might have not been a crackhead. He was just high as shit. But he also he said it was a crackhead. The nigga also said that he did it in 1979. Nino Brown said that he killed her in 1979. 15 years from that is 1994. Yes. They don't know. Nobody knows. (laughs) Nobody knows. Something else that I picked up on while we're talking about these things. Just a small thing that I don't think anyone else picked up on, which makes this, again, a uh, hindsight exclusive. (laughs) The fact that in the movie, at the end of the movie, there's a wedding. At the wedding, Keith Sweat sings There You Go Telling Me No Again. Why you're singing There You Go Telling Me No Again at a wedding after she's already said yes? I don't know. Never made sense to me. She said yes, Keith. Sing something ain't, no, that one won't work either. You can't sing something ain't right. Sing Make It Last Forever. Just sing that on a loop. Don't sing something... All of his songs sounds like he's begging, so I guess yes, it's all, it's all he does is beg. But he doesn't have to beg anymore. To You've got the goods. Sing, sing. And he sing. he also definitely wanted to body roll for the bridesmaids. He did, <laughs> and the old women, yes. and the old women. Yes. Um, the wedding scene was very important because of a few things. One is where Keisha dies. Um, two, it's another scene where Nino shows himself as a piece of shit again by using that yes. baby as a shield mm-hmm. uh, at the wedding. Um, three, it shows that uh, if anybody had looked up, it shows that Appleton is a cop who's actually there to try and shoot Nino Brown. 
because literally in broad daylight of everybody, he's aiming his gun at Nino. Yeah. Also, that pastor is in Nino's pocket. Mm-hmm. Like, you just gonna have your baby's um, wedding funded by a drug lord mm-hmm. who has killed most of your congregation. And also, also at that black. Uh, what, go ahead. What? Also at that black ass wedding, they ain't noticed them Italians there in the catering. That's what I was gonna say. Also, <laughs> the mob, the mob hosted the catering. The mob did was, the catering, and nobody, nobody recognized Nemo? them. Like, wait, nope, nobody's Mima's doing the. Ca- nobody's, nobody's nobody, no greens, no nothing, and there's no, no meatballs, no greens. <laughs> everybody there black, but you get Italian catering. But here's the mm. third. Here's my next question. Well, it is New York. How 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 seriously did the mob take this catering job? Like, did they actually have somebody Ooh. cooking up all this food? Like, did they have a manager telling them what to do? Like, it had did to they... be serious because you know we will complain about the food at the wedding. Exactly, and then you'll notice, like, yo, that dude looks like Dom Armatale's right hand man who was just in my club <laughs> calling me a motherfucker. But apparently, nobody remembers anybody on site until. It's the exact moment when they fucked. They know they fucked up as they're walking down the stairs. Yeah. Yes. And why um, did they just poison Nino's table's food? Just put poison <laughs> in the food in Nino's table. You control so, the food. They, they were trying to send a message. That's the thing. You can't send a message with poison. Uh, oh, I could. Could have just been like, oh, could have been like, yeah. But no, they wanted like a massacre. And if they're gonna shoot it, then why not aim at Keith Sweat first? <laughs> You know they hated that music. Oh, uh, you know they was mad about the coon tunes. Yes. I just love how after that wedding happened and Keisha's dead. Um, after that wedding happened and Nino used the little girl as a shield and Appleton saves the little girl and brings her back to Selena. That's when Selena's like, I'm sick of you. This is some bullshit and I'm out. And Nino just wasn't she already canceled? Like I, I thought, thought she was no, because after that, that's when he pours the champagne on her and is like, cancel this bitch, I'll buy another one. Yes. That was okay, right I after. thought it was okay. I thought it was before. That was okay, right no, after the right after the funeral. They go back to his big ass mansion. She's like, I hate you. Why did he let her in the door? Because he was like, Hey, you still mad at me, baby? Well, fuck you then. Like, why did she get to go back to the house? So he could cancel her. Um another moment. Every little black girl, as a, a flower girl, had the same exact hair and outfit mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. 90s. I mm-hmm. was that little black girl. <laughs> with those same-ass shiny shoes with the clasp. With and the those... patent leather shoes with the lace socks mm-hmm. and uh, the little spiral curls that was in a half up, half down, mm-hmm. and the dress with the poofy sleeves. Yes. I know that all, dress. Yes. I we, saw we it like in four it. weddings. Yep. We it's all... the same one. And we all had the same flower girl in 90s weddings. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So I just, like, when I see this movie and I see these things, I laugh. Okay. When I see this movie and I hear things like um, uh, G Money, one of my favorite quotes, or actually, yeah, Brandon, I think this is one of your favorite quotes as well. I've been giving my wax, my Jimmy wax daily. Oh, that was one of my favorite quotes. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> so can we talk about G Money introducing crack to New York and getting no credit for it whatsoever? <laughs> Such great lyrics. They got my back against the wall and my dick is in the dust. You remember when we was kids, man? And we played for Reverend Oates more at Biddy Squad? Yeah! Yeah! I remember. I was 11, you was 13. We was the baddest backcourt in each one. Each one. <laughs> we wasn't making no money then, was we? Now that we are, you out here living your fucking Michael Jordan fantasy, shooting jumpers and whatnot. Business must be pretty good, huh? Yeah, we will be, brother. Beat this out. <laughs> Free base, so what? Yo, man, you, you know the rules. Us brothers don't be getting high. Shut the fuck up, man. They just try to call you a non-talking bastard. Money, you been making money off the side of the family here? Oh, come on, man. I just been doing a little experimentation type thing. Oh. Right there. He did the experimenting. He he did the side hustle. He did everything, and Nino took all the credit for it. I would have shot. I I, I would have smoked crack too. Look at your man, priest. Also, That's proof right. that this was not the first that that scene was not the first time he smoked crack. Very he, true. He was too hype about this. Very true. They must have been smoking crack when they was playing basketball and slippery earls and church clothes. <laughs> yes, when they were playing basketball one on one against each other. In in hard bottoms playing basketball. Also, Where somebody saw. Um, Wesley Snipes looked terrible at playing basketball and then said, I'm going to cast him in a basketball movie. Mm-hmm. Um, now, after the after the uh, after the wedding, uh, they have a meeting with, her, with Appleton at a factory where Appleton is going to show them money so that he can buy drugs. Christopher Williams, who has been in this movie the entire time, literally from the opening scene, where he sees uh, Chris Rock get shot, sees Appleton as a cop, sees Appleton again and says, he looks familiar. And it literally takes him like nine to ten months later Mm -hmm. when uh, Appleton is in the same exact kneeling position that he's like, yo, that's a cop. Like, there's a ton of just light-skinned, nappy-ass dreadlock niggas floating around New York. But then I thought about there probably are in 91. Um, so, Dutta Man gets shot up and dies. Um, I love the part where uh, Nino has told G Money, yo, G, I'm going to let him in. But if he's not who he says he is, I'm going to kill him. And then I'm going to kill you. And G Money just goes back to smoking crack. <laughs> like I, mean, so, I guess like that was like, well, ain't nothing I can do. <laughs> right. Um, so then he finds out that Appleton is Appleton, so he kills G Money, which leads to another one of my favorite scenes in the movie, um, where they finally get to say, Am I my brother's keeper one more time? Um hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. That scene what right, happened to they uh-huh. didn't even Am I my brother's he pulled out the gun right before he shot him. Mm-hmm. He didn't had to. It wasn't like he had the gun out on him the whole time. He had. Oh. He. G Money could have did something. The gun wasn't pulled out. He just sat there and talked to him like Nino wasn't going to actually shoot him. And I'm like, this man. He's on crack. 
You took credit for all your shit. He stole your woman right in front of you. Didn't even give a shit. You don't think he gonna? And he told you he was gonna kill you. Mm-hmm. He used a little girl as a shield to not get shot. You don't think he gonna kill you? You better fight back. Can we rewind to the factory scene though? There was this one part where um, Peretti roll, does this like tuck and roll out of the car to grab. Uh, I think it was the money. It was either yeah, it was the money. It was so completely unnecessary. And over the time, like, he wasted more time doing the tuck and roll than we gave you. He would have spent just walking out, grabbing the money, and getting back in the car. But he doesn't have that many action parts in this film. So he's got to, he improvised the role of rolling. It was so, it was so awkward and clunky. It was like, it was a good three feet from the car door to the suitcase. Mm hmm. Why? He, why? <laughs> it wasn't even like a good I'm jumping and rolling over the hood of a car moment. He was on the ground. Sometimes you just gotta do unnecessary <laughs> gymnastics. <laughs> hey, watch your leg. I just um one of my favorite things about I understand, connect all the dots. Nino's got great connections. Can we name is the part where uh Nino has been funking with Don Armateo's mob throughout the entire movie over the drug trade. Frankie comes in, they call him a squinjuli eating motherfucker. Frankie comes, Frankie comes back, they uh, cut his ponytail off, which, and hit him in the back of the head with a, a, a figurine. And he's like, I'm dying. Um, the third thing they do between Armateo and Nino Brown is Nino has somebody get onto a motorcycle and do a drive-by on uh, Don Armateo and his folks in front of a uh, in front of their restaurant. That's important because that happens at the end of the movie. However, at the beginning of the movie, in the opening scene where Biff is being dangled. Oh. Over the ledge, they say Don Armateo and ten of his men were gunned down. Sprayed the group with automatic weapons. Police speculate the gunman rode past Mr. Armateo as he sat in front of the restaurant and sprayed the group with automatic weapons. Police speculate the shooting was the result of an ongoing turf war over the control of the cocaine business in the city. Didn't even catch that part. I caught like the newscast when they were talking about the body floating in the river after mm-hmm. the dude got dropped. I didn't even connect that. Mm-hmm. Wow. All this shit that they tell you in the beginning of the movie in the newscast happens throughout the movie. And they just, you know, needed a soundbite. So Mario Van People was like, yo, let's go for it, people. Let's put this in here real quick. Um, but this scene is classic. The um, I, My Brother's Keeper scene was beautiful in so many different ways as G-Money tried with all his heart to convince Nino that it was his fault that everything fell apart because you took my woman. <laughs> um, Nino's like, fuck you, and shoots him in the face. I don't even have to run that video. 
bottom line, mm-hmm. he says, I'm my brother's keeper and shoots him square in the face. Um, the last line or the last scene before the um, courthouse scene is after Nino kills Pookie or after Nino kills G-Money, who really Pookie, you know, um, Appleton and Peretti find Nino's apartment. And for some reason, Appleton goes in the front door and Peretti, no, they both go to the roof. Peretti goes down a ladder from the roof and says, hey, Buckwheat, and shoots the guy. Appleton swings through a window like Shaft and busts through the window. And I don't know how this happened, but as he busts through the window, there's a guy in the room with them that just appears after he breaks through the window. And he grabs him and shoots him. And then the gunfight starts between uh, Nino and... Appleton. Also, Appleton, when he goes into the apartment complex, it is nighttime. We all see that it is nighttime. When he starts beating up Nino Brown and he goes outside, however, it is broad fucking daylight. Yes. When Peretti first goes into the apartment, because I guess that's what he's sneaking around in during the wedding. It is dusk, but when it goes back to the wedding, it is broad fucking daylight. So many continuity. And then at the actual uh, scene in the courthouse, which is my last favorite quote. This is the best scene to film. Guilty. You're the one who's guilty. Lawmakers, the politicians, the Colombian drug lords, all you who lobby against making drugs legal, just like you did with alcohol during the prohibition, you're the one who's guilty. I mean, come on, let's kick the ballistics here. Kick the ballistics. <laughs> no Uzi's made in Harlem. I mean, not one of us in here owns a poppy feet. This thing is bigger than Nino Brown. This is big business. This is the American way. I'm sure that the court was enlightened by your geopolitical tirade, Mr. Brown. Unfortunately, society at large is not on trial here. You are Mr. Brown. Were you or were you not head of the Narcotics Consortium, the murderously bloody CMB? Yes. Yes. I could not hear you. Would you please speak up, Mr. Brown? Yes, I was a member, but I was forced into this way of life. Hey, look, I've been dealing drugs ever since I was 12 years old. See, I didn't have the chances that you have, Miss Hawkins. I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my mouth, Miss Hawkins. I mean, I wanted to get out, but they threatened to kill my mother. Who are you talking about, Mr. Brown? What they? They. Look at it. Kareem Akbar. That's right, the educated brother from the bank. He's the real head of the CMB, the brains behind the whole thing. I told you, this thing is bigger than Nino Brown, and I got to listen. Order. If I'm going order down, I'm taking a whole lot of I people with me. I just love how Kareem was like, I knew I shouldn't have came to court today. Mm-hmm. 
I knew I should have, this is some bullshit. I knew I shouldn't have came here. The nigga told me a long time ago he didn't like me anyway. Why did I come here to support him? He he cheated on my sister and poured champagne on her back. Why did I come here to support this nigga? Why am I here? Nino Brown started cancel culture. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And then, so Nino uh, makes a deal to snitch on people. He's going to lie to everybody to get out. And Mm -hmm. so he only does a year in jail. He walks outside, and the old man who was at the beginning of the film uh, talking about how they took over an entire apartment complex and you ain't do shit to do it or stop it, uh, ends up actually being the hero of the movie because he pulls out a 1941 Walter <laughs> PPK. And shoots Nino dead on in the chest now impeccable aim impeccable aim which is good because nino was surrounded by people interviewing him which leads me to my next statement that old man either got the death penalty or he got life first of all he pulled out a gun in a federal courthouse Mm. secondly he shot into a crowd third he murdered somebody so that's premeditated Mm. that's endangerment of other people and that is bringing a felonious firearm, a firearm into a federal, federal building. Yes, that motherfucker died. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, I, he didn't have much longer to go, though. No, I no. guess he, he so. His soul's required in hell. I got some trivia mm. for you, Rashavi. Okay. Did you know that uh, in recent years they have there's been talks and even. Um, scripts written uh, to do a remake of New Jack City. Who would you have in that movie? Now that's a question. Hold on, hold on, hold on. They didn't get greenlit. But one of the scripts that got the furthest was this was supposed to happen earlier in the film and that Nino Brown was supposed to survive getting shot Uh and then go through a rehabilitation arc. Oh, kind of like Pookie and get addicted to crack. Um, <laughs> if there was um, a remake, been, that would have been he would have been able to like they would have been able to pass that off if he did not fall like five floors. Right, Miss <laughs> <Ms>. Hawkins. <laughs> if you remade this movie, who could do roles better in this day and age? Who could have done? Who could do it best right now? Like Nino Brown, Ace. Who do you think would be a better Nino Brown? Better Nino Brown. Uh, Sterling K. Brown. Yes, that's who I said. Yeah. I see it. I see it. Oh, my God. That's brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. Hold your applause. I see that one. <laughs> that, hey, I would, I, that nigga would tear it up because Wesley Snipes seemed to be chewing up the scenery in this movie. Sterling would come in and take it all very seriously. And uh-huh. he would, he'd have you like, you know what? I kind of like Nina. Oh, yeah. I kind of I like Nina. Who would you have as G Money, Brandon? That role was such a sucker role. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> you know, for me, that's the perfect role for um, um, Stringer Elba. Idris? Oh. I had, I had Drake. Mm-hmm. I had Drake playing. Uh, Drake could do Kareem. 
I don't see him like leading like very close to the leading role. He's an actor already. I know that. He he yeah, yeah, but I'm saying laying it out for the for the audience so they can make these decisions. Just let us know which ones y'all think is right on hindsight hindsight pod. That's pod with a zero instead of an oh shit was taken. But um <laughs> I can see Drake playing uh G Money because Drake is the type of person who you can already see getting his feelings hurt by somebody else taking his girl. Uh, he's the type of folks who would seem to go behind his best friend's back to try and set up a second deal with somebody. Okay. He's the type of nigga who would, in case of danger, completely blame the next nigga for his own mistakes and hold Stringer on Bell. to past grievances. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Stringer... Stringer Bell, that's who you described it. The problem with Stringer, the problem with Idris playing this role is that he's too fucking tall. He would tower. He would tower oh, over Sterling. Yeah. And you need you yeah. need you need Nino to be the best looking motherfucker in the movie. This because when somebody tells him the world is yours, Nino, they have to mean it. So either Sterling plays Nino Brown and Drake plays G Money, or and hear me out here, Idris plays Nino Brown. And Mm-mm. Sterling plays G Money. Nah. No, I don't nah. see that. Uh, Idris is too much of a. No, he can't be Nino. Yeah, no. <laughs> I do have the perfect. In stringer, in stringer roles. Who plays I do Keisha? Have to, I, oh, well, I thought uh, Keisha should have been played by somebody different then. I thought Vanessa really? did it perfectly. And so do I. I thought it should have been Kim Wayne's. Kim Wayne's? Nah. No. Nah. She can't take it seriously enough. I mean, she could, but I don't. I couldn't take her seriously enough in the role. That would be like her playing. Her role would have honestly. This right around the time I'm gonna get you, sucker, came out. She would have had to have played another crackhead next to Pookie. It sounds bad, mm-hmm. but after all the comedy roles she had, I can't see her in a dramatic role. I don't even know Me a dramatic neither. role she did ever. I mean, Chris Rock pulled it off, and he ain't never do a dramatic role really after that. Yeah, very mm. true. But he, yeah, he was built for the role, though. Yeah. But who do you who who were you gonna say that you had in a different role? Oh, I got the perfect Scotty for today. Okay. You'll love this, Lakeith Stanfield. Ooh, I see it. That does work. I have a, I have a, I have a good Pookie. Orlando Brown. He has the face. <laughs> Yeah, he, does. he has the face. Has I'm the face. pretty sure he's already on something. Um, he just has the mannerisms down already. Like, it's natural to him. So, yeah. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> and let's see. Who else? Freddie, he's white. So, uh, Zach Efron. Um, mm-hmm. I, put, I put Zach Efron in every white. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> um. Let me see. Who else? Yeah. That's all the people that matter. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... Who would be unique with? Who would be the sex symbol woman? Honestly, in this day and age... It would have to be, like, a random female rapper like Saweetie. (laughs) Yeah. It it would have to be somebody that you 
no, but not somebody who you'd be like, they wouldn't do this role. Oh, it could um, be Suki. Doja Cat, show us some feet. <laughs> I, I can see Doja Cat doing it. I can see Doja Cat enjoying the role. Mm. Um, because she's, you know, viral anyway, and she did a lot of videos and everything. Um, gosh. Who could play that role? Honestly. I definitely think Sukiana. Yes. Um, yeah. Yes, yeah, Suki could, absolutely. Okay. Whew. Did we say who could play Keisha? Oh, we didn't we didn't go over current. And action. the Dada man. So the Dada man is like straight muscle. Mm. I I don't know who could play the Dada. Brian man. Tyree Henry. That's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Who could play Keisha? Uh, hmm. I don't know. That is a hard one. You almost want to say Zoe Saldana, but she's on the yeah. outs right now. Exactly. Um, Tiffany Haddish? <laughs> <laughs> no. Although, I don't think she was that good of an actress. I just thought she played a good um, person. Kiki Palmer. That would be an interesting... Kiki uh, could do it. Yeah, that would be an interesting change of character for her. And, no, uh, Vanessa Williams, she's a, a tremendous actress. Mm-hmm. She wasn't that good in this movie. Well, nobody think, was. Well, you have to take into account the script. Yeah. The script was horrible. Her lines <laughs> included, yeah. step off, gigantor. And saying rockabye baby, like baby. 60 times. Mm-hmm. All right, so. That's true. Uh, what age best in this movie? The music. Yes. Uh, let's see. Police doing what they typically do because nothing has changed. Uh, <laughs> Police whooping niggas ass and saying, I'm going to shoot you in your face if you don't stop screaming. <laughs> Yes, and also completely ignoring the complaints of a community. So, oh, yeah, along yeah, the, yeah. the lines of like you know what they're doing now, yeah, yeah. yeah. that aged pretty well. Brandy, you got anything? She said what I wrote down. Okay. <laughs> Those are the two things I wrote. <laughs> okay. Um, I think the last thing that really aged well was traffic. Uh, <laughs> Like oh, like, I know who could be Keisha. Who? Uh, uh, Regina Hall. Mm. I could also see Tika Sumter in that role. You know who I can't see in it? Megan Good, but that's for a oh, whole no. nother month. Oh, <laughs> oh Megan Good. Oh no. Is, is this based off of my rewatch of Eve's Body? <laughs> oh man, just wait. We got a month for it. Um. Oh yes. Yeah, but traffic, New York traffic didn't age well. Um, phone, <laughs> or no, it aged well. New York traffic aged well. What did not age well to me, plastic case see-through phones, wired mm -hmm. phones as a whole, disc drives. Watching them run into the carter and trying to save a disc from a, any of the disc drives they could <laughs> find. was just like, damn, we used to do that. We really yeah. used to do that. Um, do y'all have anything that did not age well? Uh, yes. 
uh, Nino going to the club and drinking champagne out of a bottle with a straw. Um, people actually dancing in the club. Yeah, they, they don't they don't do that no more. All they do is this. <laughs> They're just doing TikTok dances now. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, just the, the overt ableism and racism, like ew, very cringy moments. Mm-hmm. Those are also the same things I had before too. <laughs> and Ice T's hair. Uh, oh, oh yeah. I mean, it was it it wasn't good back then either, though. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Wild hair is coming back. It wasn't even that it was wild. It was that it didn't make sense. <laughs> what was it? Were they box braids? Were they locks? Was it a? a a combination of box braids and locks. There was some free-flowing strands in there too. Like, what was it? The world, we <laughs> never know. I just want to end this part off with the uh, best written line in a movie script ever. They gave <laughs> out an award for this. If they did this on on a Oscar night, I think this would have won the best written line in the movie script. I want to shoot you so bad, my dick is hard. <sighs> and the bullets, the bullets are come. I just, oh I just, my God. Uh-huh. Like, like, it's all inside of me because I just, I want to shoot you so bad. I'm so excited right now that I can shoot you. Oh my God. Oh if I can shoot a dick hard, I'm worried about his sex life. Right. I'm, I'm worried also worried about, about mental health. <laughs> exactly. Clearly, he has some unresolved trauma. <laughs> oh God! So trivia for this movie: the reason why Mario Van Peebles was able to make this movie in the first place is because Clint Eastwood stood up for him and said, "Give the kid yes. a shot." I knew that. Yep. Um, Chris Rock, for years following this movie. Drug dealers would approach him and put crack and cocaine in his pocket, joking that they thought the New Jack City was a documentary. Wow. <clears throat> the chase between Scotty and Pookie at the beginning was completely improvised. It was supposed to be a car chase, but the movie had gone over budget on Wesley Snipes' haircut and was in danger of being shut down. So instead, Chris Rock hopped on a bicycle and Ice-T chased him on foot. And they jumped off a, a cliff that looked like it was 30 feet in the fucking air. Mm. And they both landed on their feet and kept running. Kept running. Oh, my God. That was so ridiculous. Tupac auditioned for the role of G-Money. Mm. But he was turned down due to the fact that he looked younger than Wesley Snipes. Shakur later played Juice instead in 1992. So. Killed that role in Juice. I think Dad might fit that role perfectly. But but because (laughs) Tupac was younger than Nino Brown, or because Tupac was younger than Wesley Snipes in a role where he was supposed to be younger than Wesley Snipes, they didn't want him. Um, 
Ice Cube's role, he was picked up on the fly by Mario Van Peebles in a bathroom at a club. Uh, this was, like you said, Martin Lawrence auditioned for the role of Pookie, but he opted out of the film because Robin Harris passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, Wesley Snipes and Christopher Williams just happened to go to school together at SUNY. While Snipes was doing a one-man show on campus, Williams decided to help with the lighting and backstage stuff. Wesley remembered him, and so after he got the role in Nino Brown, he got in touch with the casting director so Williams could audition. And he actually got it off of his audition. Yep, and Barry Michael Cooper chose Wesley Snipes for the role in Nino Brown after seeing him in the music video for Bad by Michael Jackson. Okay. Uh, Blair Underwood could have been Nino. Um, It'd have been a different movie. He would have been. Definitely would have been a different movie. Yeah, we'll talk about him in a few weeks when we do set it off. Um, And Vivica A. Fox, another person we'll talk about at length and set it off, auditioned for the roles of both Selena and Keisha. Hmm. Ace. I could see her in either. <laughs> hey, she got any shout outs? I'd like to shout out the co host on Black Girl Missing Pod, Feminista Jones, and my homegirl Nikki. I'd like to shout out my buddies over at Ratchet Aunties and Uncles Hour, even though we haven't recorded in months. Uh, Jay, Ricky, and Steph. And shout out to you, Rashani. Like, thank you for having me on. We haven't had a recorded a podcast in forever. I know. I'm so <laughs> sorry. I, I went on hiatus because Shante uh, had bronchitis, not COVID. And <laughs> then um, we just, like, she was down now for like two months. And while that was going on, Brandon and I weren't doing shows because the movie theaters closed. And from that arose hindsight. So. I'm just glad that you were able to get on with us. I look forward to seeing you in the soon future. Uh, yep. Well, y'all will see Ace again down the road. Yep. Sooner than you think. Um, <laughs> Brandon, any shout outs? No, nah, I ain't got nothing. Okay. Well. I ain't got no shout outs. Once again, y'all, I just want to thank all of you for listening. Be sure to check out our Twitter uh, account, which is hindsight. Pod that's P zero D hindsight pod it leads to somebody else. I don't even know. Um, let us know what your favorite scene was in New Jack City. Let us know who you think could have done it better than the folks that we said. Um, and just follow the follow the page. We're gonna be doing a lot of big things soon, so uh be sure to check us out. Um, the next movie that we are going to be doing is the one, the only, the incomparable. Set it off. Now, here's the thing about Set It Off. Set It Off is going to be amazing. The review of it is going to be amazing. I have a lot of things to say. I'm sure Brandon has a lot of things to say. It's going to be. I've never seen Set It Off. Oh, this is going to be. This is going to be. Or if I have, I don't remember it. This is going to be brilliant. Here's the thing about Set It Off. It's only for our Patreon members. So, if you want to hear Set It Off. Go ahead and sign up for our Patreon. It's going to be right there waiting for you next week. Uh, For those of y'all who don't uh, have our Patreon, 
next week, we will have a brand new episode for you and it'll be a brand new month. We'll let you know which one it'll be. Uh, we will start having polls for y'all to vote on what the next month is going to be. Um, but until we get that all put together, thank y'all so much for listening. Thank y'all so much for your time. Ace, again, thank you so much for joining us. We thank you, appreciate Ace. It. Thanks for having me. And y'all have a wonderful day. Be good. Peace. Music for Hindsight is Coffee by Cambo Smith, and it's from the Free Music Archive. This is Single Simulcast.